Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The following program is brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio. Begin to be poured out upon all men. This is that spoken by the prophet Joel. This is that spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, I pour out my spirit, saying, Lord. Excited to have you listening tonight. This is Ben Simons. I'm filling in for the esteemed Pastor Bob Simons, who is on vacation today, and he, I guess, he entrusted me to to fill in on the Tell Like It Is radio show here tonight. And we're coming to you right here from Dickinson, North Dakota, and um, 
that we're at a local radio station, the KDIX Radio, and we're also broadcasting on Holy Ghost Radio. And uh, we're happy to have you tonight. And uh, we, uh, <clears throat> I'm going to be talking a little bit tonight about uh, um, Abraham's promise. And um, we, we read about Abraham, and I'm sure almost all of you that are listening tonight have heard about Abraham. And um, we're going to talk about his promise. I'm going to start in Genesis chapter 12, starting in verse 2 and 3. And um, the Bible says, And I will make of thee a great nation. He was talking to Abraham. And uh, I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee and curse them that curseth thee. And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Genesis chapter 13, verses 16 and 17. And I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth, so that if a man can number the dust of the earth, then shall thy seed also be numbered. Arise, walk through the land in the length of it and in the breadth of it, for I will give it unto thee. We're talking about Abraham's promise. And um, see, God, God made some promises to Abraham. And I think, you know, a lot of these promises, he also made promises to us. And Abraham walked in the promise that God gave him. Abraham walked in that promise, promised land. And he said, I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth. And, and he said, arise, walk through the land. Because everywhere that you walk, Abraham, I'm going to promise you that land. He's every step that Abraham took, he was walking in the promises of God. He was promised the land where he stepped. I believe that, you know, God, he moves, he, he can and he will and he has moved all heaven and earth for every time that Abraham took that step. That God moved the earth just so Abraham stepped in the right spot. And I believe when we start, see Abraham, he just didn't start out there. He left, he left where he was at. And we also have to leave where we are at. And then we have to come to a place of repentance and step out from our old lifestyle and step into the promise that God has for us. And, um, every place that Abraham walked, he was stepping into the promises. Of God and to this land that every step that he took, he was stepping in the promises of Abraham. And I was thinking about this, and there was a there was a I'm sure you all know of William Penn. He, William Penn was a was an early founding father of America, and the King of England had um, they had made a business deal and gave and he uh, traded William Penn for a debt, uh, a huge area that we know as Pennsylvania. And um, William Penn, he was an interesting guy. Um, he was uh, he was like a I don't know. I'd have to sit down and talk to him, but I think he was a lot like Pastor Bob is. He was a one God apostolic person. He he didn't believe in the Trinity. He believed that the mighty God was Jesus Christ manifested in the flesh. And that's what William Penn believed, and I, I believe he was a Holy Ghost filled person. And um, so he and. William Penn and I, maybe we didn't agree on everything, because he was an extreme pacifist. And um, if you want to see if I'm an extreme pacifist or not, just uh, try to harm one of my daughters. And I might be a pacifist in most every other area, but if you try to harm one of my daughters, I might not be quite a William Penn. All right, But um, William Penn was a pacifist, so he made these this agreement with the Indians in like the 1680s. You know, he was granted this land from the king of England, but the problem is the Delaware Indians lived there. And so William Penn, he went and he, 
he made um, he made treaties with the Indians, and he was trying to treat them fairly. And the city that he named Philadelphia, come on, coming out of the book of Revelation, and it means the city of brotherly love. All, like Most of the cities had uh, had walls or some sort of, of forts that they were built to protect themselves from, from the Indian people. But William Penn, he didn't have any walls around Philadelphia because he was, he was coming there on good terms. And he made these deals with the, the Indians. And, um, and they, they got along great, but there arose his sons that knew not the ways of William. And uh, they did evil that which was in the sight of the Lord. And uh, William, William Penn's sons, um, after William Penn died, they, uh, they kind of came on hard times and they needed some money. And uh, they went back to these agreements that William Penn had made that um, they call it the walking purchase. But um, th- there was an agreement that William Penn had with the Delaware Indians that, that they owned as much land as you could walk or that you could, a man could travel in a day and a half. And so, so William Penn's sons, and with the help of some of the other citizens of Philadelphia, they came up with this plan because they needed some more money. They needed some land to sell. And so um, they came up with this plan that they would uh, clear a path. You know, that the kind of the agreement or the, the understanding was is that they would follow the river and they would hunt. And, and um, you know, the day and a half included hunting and provision and, and uh, taking time for a smoke break. You know, but, but these guys, they were on a mission. And, um, and so, so William Penn's sons, he had, he had, um, they, they arranged for the three top athletes of Pennsylvania to compete in a foot race. And, um, they were going to see how far that they could, that they could run or walk in a day and a half. And there was one of the men that he went 55 or 65 miles. And um, basically conquered that land. Uh, he took everywhere he stepped, it was their land. It was Pennsylvania's land in that walking purchase. Of course, that really disturbed the Delaware Indians, and, and later they fought against them in the French and Indian War. And, and the guy that actually won the foot race, I, I believe his wife and his son actually were killed by the Indians because of that. So it didn't really work out real well for him. But but Abraham was like that. Because everywhere that Abraham walked, every, everywhere that he put his step, it was a promise of God that he would inherit that land. So everywhere he stepped, every time he stepped, he in, was going to inherit that land. And he was walking in the promises of God. And I believe that we also need to walk in the promises of God. You know, we sing this song in church, it's called Standing on the Promises. Standing on the promises of Christ, my Lord. We have promises that God has given us. In, um, in the book of Exodus, um, the Lord, he said, For I am the Lord that healeth thee. You know, we believe in this stuff. We believe that God is a healer. And that it's not just he might heal, but he is a healer. And that's a promise of God. James chapter 5 and 14 and 16, it says, Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. We believe in this. We believe that God is able to heal, but not only able, that we believe it's a promise of God. Like Abraham, we have to walk in these promises. You say, well, I've, I prayed that, so-and-so that has cancer, that they, 
that they would be healed. I just want to encourage you today, just keep walking in the promises of God. See, Abraham didn't see all of his promises fulfilled right away, but he kept walking in the promises. And you know, to, to know the Lord, to have a revelation of who Jesus is, that's a promise of God. See, in Matthew chapter 7, the Bible says, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and whosoever knocketh the door shall be opened unto them. And so the Bible is specifically says that if you want to know him, you just keep knocking. He might not answer right away. He might let you knock for a while. But you keep walking in the promises of God. Walk in the promises of God. You know, there's, there's a lot of promises that the, that the Lord gives us. And um, we're going to hit on some of them here tonight. Um, we live in a, in a world, in a, in a society where there's, seems like there's very little peace and security. But you know, peace and security are promises of God. John chapter 14, uh, Jesus said, I will not leave you comfortless, I will come to you. 27, peace I give, I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Um, Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 5 says, Let your conversation be without covetousness, or let your lifestyle be without covetousness, and be content with such things as ye have. For he hath said, speaking of Jesus, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. Today you might might, might be feeling that uh, God has left you, or, or where's God at? Well, I'll just tell you, just trust him. Just keep walking in his promises like Abraham has, um, are just our basic human needs. See, the Bible says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor seed begging bread. You know, God will supply all of our needs according to his excellence. Um, Matthew chapter 6 and verse 28, Jesus is speaking here, and he say, Why take ye thought for your raiment, or your clo- clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye little faith? Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. All these things will be added unto you. It's a promise of God. And you can hold on to the promises of God. See, I don't know, there's there's even specific promises that God has promised individuals. Now, if you say God promised me a, you know, a new motorcycle or something, I don't know if I'm going to believe that. But if God promised you a healing, if God promised you, you know, there's a lot of things that God has promised people. And sometimes we get a little weary in the promise. And we, we start to wonder about the promise. But I just want to encourage you today to hold on to the promises of God. See, there's a promise that um, there's, there's people all over the city and all over our country and, and world that are seeking the Holy Ghost like they did in the book of Acts. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's amazing because in Acts chapter 10, the Gentiles received the Holy Ghost just like the Jews did on the day of Pentecost. And um, that's what the Apostle Peter, he said, 
Who is I to say that they shouldn't be baptized? They received the Holy Ghost just like we did. And the Holy Ghost is a promise of God. It's a promise of God. In Luke chapter 11 and verse 13, Jesus, he said, If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit unto them that ask him? We just need to ask him. We need to come to him in repentance. Say, God, I want to serve you with my whole heart. And it's a, it's a promise that he's promised us. Acts chapter 2, the famous message that Peter preached on the day of Pentecost. Um, Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise, this promise of the Holy Ghost, is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. I'm so thankful for the promise of the Holy Ghost. And I've received the Holy Ghost. And I, and I, I received the Holy Ghost as a young man. And, um, I, I, you know, if you haven't received the Holy Ghost, keep, keep trusting in the promises of God. It's a promise. And He keeps His promises. You can take it to the bank that God will keep His promises to you. Of course, we have also the promise of heaven. And I'm so thankful for the promise of heaven. The worst, the, this world is getting so crazy that the promise of heaven is getting more and more real to us, isn't it? Um, John chapter 14 and verse 2, Jesus said, In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. Jesus went to prepare a place for us. Aren't you thankful for the promises of God? This is the Tell It Like It Is show. This is Ben Simons. I'm filling in for the esteemed Pastor Bob, who took all of our, almost, well, let's see how many, almost all of my kids and a bunch of his grandkids to, to um, where did they go, Abe? Branson, Missouri. They went to Branson, Missouri, to Silver Dollar City, and, and they had a great time. I think they're on their way home right now. But if you want to call me tonight or text me, um, my number is 701-290-7862. If you got any really intellectual thoughts or questions, you better leave that to Pastor Bob. And his number is 701-290-7862. Did I say the number twice? Mine is 701-290-6259 if you want to get a hold of me tonight. And this is the Tell Like It Is radio program. Hey, play a song. Change me, Lord. 
got a long way to go to be like my Lord. To stay the same is one thing I cannot afford. My wife and family need someone who will leave. I've got to die so you can live in me. And so I That when the darkness sets in and I've lost my way My dreams seem shattered cause I've blown another day My only hope is in the one who died for me Teach me Lord to die And be the man I'm supposed to be Fails your faithful when I fail to please And when the pressure's great it drives me to my knees Into that secret place where you can transform me Into the image of the man I'm supposed to be So when the darkness sets in and I've lost my way My tongue has shattered lives and I've wasted yet another day. My only hope is in the one who died for me. Transform me, Jesus, into the man I'm supposed to be. Change me, change me, Lord. singing and this is the tell it like it is radio show and this is ben simons i'm filling in tonight for the esteemed pastor bob simons who like i said was he's out on vacation tonight and he's on his way home i believe no he's on his way home tomorrow maybe today and tomorrow but um we're talking about abraham's promise and all the things that god has promised us and um, we believe that we believe and hold fast to the promises of god 
the promises of the, of the Lord. And, and I, I was talking about how Abraham, every time he placed his foot on the ground, he was stepping in the promises of God. And um, we look at Abraham, you know, but he also lived in the real world. Abraham, it was not all bliss for Abraham. Yes, yeah, every time he took a step, he was stepping in the promises of God. But it was not all all just perfect. You know, about 500 years, I think, after Abraham um, Abraham's time, there was uh, some men that went into the same exact promised land, and they described it as the land that flows with milk and honey. They described this land as a as a, like a like the Garden of Eden, this promised land. You know, but. Abraham didn't quite have that same experience. Abraham, you know, it was the promise of God. Every time he placed his foot in this promised land, it was the promise of God. But Abraham lived in the real world. You see, there was a came a time where um, in this promised land, the land where the grapes grew big and the, it flowed with milk and honey, but there came a famine in the land, in the promised land. There came a famine in the land. And Abraham, he went, he went to Egypt to uh, to get to try to you know get out of this famine. And he went to Egypt, and then he told his wife Sarah. He said, "You know what, Sarah? You know you are you are three quarters of a century old, but um, you are still such a beautiful woman. Tell them that you're my sister, so they don't kill me when I go to Egypt." So Abraham, he stepped out of the promise of God. He was in the promises of God. He left. He left where God had wanted him to be, and he went to Egypt, and he told his wife to lie to the Pharaoh, and it caused a bunch of big problems. It caused a bunch of big problems, and eventually Pharaoh kicked him out of Egypt, and Abraham went back into the promised land, and he started stepping into the promises of God again. And he built an altar, and and he got refocused and started walking in the promises of God again. But that didn't, it wasn't all that went bad in the promise. In the promised land. See, he had business problems. He had, uh, he had a problem with his herdsmen and, uh, and Lot's herdsmen. And, you know, his nephew. They, they had a partnership and, and things started going south with their business. You know, they just were not able to work together anymore and they had a business split in the promised land. You know, uh, Abraham, he had family problems in the promised land. He had, um, he had, you know, his nephew was, taken captive lot was taken captive you know and um and he was taken away by by the enemies of god and and we have some of these problems as well see the enemy has taken some of our family captive through drugs and alcohol and we have these promises given to us that our seed is going to be blessed but sometimes even in the promised land we have problems we have issues that come up but we need to keep walking in the promises of god one of the main one of the main promises that God had given to Abraham is that his wife Sarah would have a child and that child would would be his seed would be blessed and be like the sand of the sea but you know Sarah was pretty old and she didn't have a child Abraham didn't Abraham didn't have any descendants so they started second guessing the promises of God and this is in the land every place that Abraham took his step but somehow he started losing focus of the promises of God. And I'm not blaming Abraham because we all have done this. And so Sarah and Abraham, they, they, uh, they, they devised a plan and they, uh, 
said, okay, well, you take my handmaid to wife. And uh, we all know the story, how, how it worked out so well when, uh, when Hagar became Abraham's wife and, and we had Ishmael be born, right? No, we all know the troubles for centuries that is caused because Abraham stepped out of the will of the promises of God. You know, Abraham had marital problems in the promised land. Some of that stems from getting married to two women. I, I don't suggest that. Uh, even in the apostolic church, we don't, we don't, we don't, in, you know, uh, support getting married to two different women. So, so if you, it, just in case anybody was wondering that. But Abraham was having marital problems in the promised land. You know, this is the land that flows with milk and honey. It, isn't everything bliss in the promised land? But Abraham was having problems in the promised land. But God kept leading him and kept saying, Abraham, I want to show you more of my promise. And Abraham kept stepping in the promised land, even though there was problems. And the love of his life, Sarah, she finally bore him a son. And that fulfilled one of the promises of God. And and um, and Abraham kept stepping in the promised land, you know, but Sarah... She died in the promised land. She was away from everybody and he didn't even have a place to bury his beloved wife in the promised land. And um, these things all happened in the promised land. If you think like, you know, when I started living for God and I have trouble in my life, you know what? You can join the club because just because you serve God doesn't mean that you're never going to have trouble in your life. But we can walk in the promises of God. And Abraham was called a friend of God. Abraham was called a friend of God. And God, there was something about Abraham that God wanted to make him his friend. And and Abraham was the friend of God. This is the Tell It Like It Is show. This is Ben Simons. I'm filling in for the esteemed Pastor Bob Simons, who is away tonight. And we have Abe in the studio as well. And he's going to sing to us. So, uh, Abe, go ahead. I know you don't intend to cause me pain Still it hurts me every time I hear you curse that name Well you might mean nothing by it But I'm asking just the same Jesus means so much to me Please don't talk about my father that way Cause he's the one who saved me He filled me and forgave me Yes he did When I was just an outlaw on the street He's the one who loves me Listen, mister He's the one who takes care of me When I need help Oh, my Jesus is a friend to me I used to be a wanderer 
I was an orphan just like you. I knew someone must have put me here, but I had no idea who. And I was tired of doing all those things that homeless children do. Jesus Christ adopted me when you cursed his name. You cursed me too. Cause he's the one who saved me. He filled me and forgave me. Thank you, Lord. When I was so unworthy and unclean, he's the one who loves me. Listen, mister. He's the one who takes care of me when I need help. Oh, my Jesus is a friend to me. So, mister, although you don't intend to cause me pain, still it hurts me every time you take his precious name in vain. Well, you might mean nothing by it, but I'm asking just the same. Jesus means so much to me. Please don't talk about my father that way. Jesus Christ adopted me. Please don't talk about my papa that way. Amen. Praise the Lord. This is the Tell It Like It Is show. And that was Abe Simons. And um, singing, a, singing that, that. That's an incredible song. I like that song. And um, this is Ben Simons. I'm filling in for the esteemed pastor Bob Simons who is out tonight. And we're talking about Abraham's promise. Talking about Abraham's promise. Now, we have the promises of God in our life. We have a lot of the promises that God promised to Abraham. He also promised to us. And Abraham was called the friend of God. And I'd like to go to Genesis chapter 22. And um, see, God, he told Abraham, there's, there's a special something that I want to show you. And, uh, and and he showed he started to show it to him in Genesis chapter twenty two. There's something about a close friend, and Abraham was the friend of God. When you got a close friend, you don't want to keep a secret from them. You want to show them what you have, what you have. And and God wanted to show Abraham. There's something Abraham that I really want to show you, and I there's really no other way that I can really show you what is about to happen. What what um, God has in store. And so we start reading in Genesis chapter 22 and it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him Abraham and he said behold here I am and he said take now thy son thine only son Isaac whom thou lovest and get thee into the land of Moriah. And Abraham I could just think that he was thinking oh great I've never been to the land of Moriah. You know every time I place my step on this, these mountains of Moriah, that we're going to conquer this land. And Isaac and I, we're going to go up to the land of Moriah. 
But God, he continued to talk and he said, and uh, go up to, in, thee into the land of Moriah and offer him, Isaac, there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. You, you would think that Abraham just stopped there. So God, uh, could you repeat that, God? You want me to do, you want me to do what? The son that you promised that my seed would be, that would, you know, all the nations of the earth would be blessed because of my son. You want me to go and offer him up for a sacrifice? Well, God, you don't even, God, you don't even believe in human sacrifices. That's what the pagans do. Could you imagine that Abraham second guessing what God was asking him to do? See, sometimes when we're in the midst of, of our promise and we, we have problems in our promise and things sometimes just don't make sense. Things happen to us that just don't make sense. And we gotta believe on God. But Abraham was the friend of God and Abraham, or God wanted to show Abraham something special. And we see the faith of Abraham. And he rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and claved the wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went unto the place which the Lord God told him of. Then on the third day Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide abide ye here with the ass and the lad, and I will go yonder, and I will worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood and the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac his son. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and they both went of them together. And Isaac spake unto his father and said, My father, and he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? So Abraham, he took Isaac his son. Now this was, you know, the picture Bible's, depict Isaac as a little 12-year-old boy. But Isaac, if you do the math, he was probably in his 30s. You know, he was not just some little boy. And um, he he had the the wood for the fire. And they had the fire, but they didn't have a sacrifice. And God started revealing something to Abraham at this point. I believe, you know, I will have a little bit of conjecture where the Bible doesn't say it specifically, but I think the Bible alludes to this in a lot of different scriptures that some of them I won't even get into tonight. But um, but I believe that God started to reveal a promise to Abraham that far surpassed any other promise that God had given him. See, this Mount Moriah that God had told Abraham to go to, these were the same mountains that David, on one of the one of the peaks of this of this Mount Moriah, David purchased the the King David purchased the threshing floor, and and later on Solomon built a temple, and the city of Jerusalem was there in this on this Mount Moriah, and later we read of the, the another place. That was just a little ways off, probably a little higher hill um, than than where Jerusalem sat, and that was called the place of the skull, or Golgotha, or Calvary, on Mount Moriah. And it, we find a very interesting verse in John chapter eight and verse fifty-six through fifty-eight. Jesus is in a conversation with with the Jewish leaders of the time, and and they they start having this basically an argument that they. Jesus said, uh, 
They said, we, our father is Abraham. And Jesus said, no, it's not. If your father was Abraham, you would believe on me. And they said, our father is Abraham. And so Jesus was trying to get them to say, to, to realize that spiritually their father was not Abraham. In the physical, their father was Abraham. And in verse 56, he said, your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day and he saw it and was glad. Abraham seen the day of Jesus. This is past tense. And he saw it. Abraham saw the day and was glad. He saw the day of Jesus. This is what Jesus is saying. He said, Abraham saw my day and he was glad. And, and the Jews, they were, they were really confused by this. They said, Jesus, you're not even 50 years old and you saw Abraham? Well, they, they even mixed up what Jesus said. Of course, Jesus was God manifested in the flesh. Of course, he's seen Abraham. But there was something else that happened because Abraham saw him. He saw, Abraham saw Jesus. But one of the, the, the keys to this, this is verse 58, because Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. And that is present tense because God is omnipresent. See, the, the way God looks at things, he doesn't look as past, present, and future. It is all present tense to God. And I think that God revealed something to Abraham, this promise to Abraham, where he allowed Abraham to see things the way God sees it for a little bit. It might, may not have been super clear, but he allowed Abraham to see something in the present tense. And, and we go back to Genesis chapter 22 and verse 8. Or verse 7, and when, when Isaac said, we, where's the sacrifice? We got the wood, we got the, we have the, you know, we have the fire and the wood, but where's the sacrifice? Verse 8, and Abraham said, my son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together. See, and I think as they went together, that God started to reveal something. Because we know that Abraham saw Jesus' day. And as Isaac, the son that didn't deserve to be sacrificed, as they started walking up the hill of Moriah, or towards Calvary, that, that Abraham, he saw another man. And this man, this man was, it kind of looked like one of his descendants. But there was something different between this man and Isaac, his son, because this man was also the son of God. This man had absolutely no faults. He was the perfect lamb without spot or blemish. This, this man was, if, if anybody was not guilty of, if anybody did not deserve to have this punishment, it was Jesus who he saw walking up the hill of Calvary. And Isaac, he was bearing this, the wood for the sacrifice. And he looked over and Abraham, he saw Jesus. He was bearing a cross. And Jesus was beaten and he was bruised and, and he was weak. And they were walking up together to the hill of Calvary. And Jesus stumbled and he couldn't even carry his cross the whole way. And I believe Abraham, he saw that day. He saw that day. What he saw when the sacrifice that was about to take place. Now Abraham saw that it was his own children that were mocking Jesus. 
in him and shall all, you know, his promise said that his seed would be blessed, but, but there was some of his seed that was mocking this man, Jesus, who was also his seed. And I don't know if, uh, if, if he conferred with the, with the prophet Isaiah, like in Isaiah chapter 53, how it, it depicts this story that he is despised and rejected a man, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. All like we have sheep have gone astray, we have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him, Jesus, the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. I think Abraham was starting to realize that this was the God manifested in the flesh that was walking up the hill of Calvary. And he was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before his shears is dumb. So he opened not his mouth. I believe that as Abraham, as he bound Isaac's hands to the altar, that he also looked and he seen the Roman soldiers nailing Jesus' hands to the cross. And Abraham, he looked up as he obeyed the, the voice of the Lord, and he took the knife in his hand to slay his own son. And he looked up, and he took his knife up, and the angel of the Lord stopped him and said, Abraham, don't do this to your son. And when Abraham lifted up his eyes, I believe he saw Jesus on the cross with a pierced side. And Abraham was the one that was holding the knife in his hand. And Abraham, just like you and I, realized that it was our sin that made God become a man and go to a hill called Calvary and take the punishment for yours and my sin. And Abraham, I think it came back to his memory, the times that he struggled in the promise, the times that he went to Egypt and he lied to the Pharaoh or and he lied to Abimelech and he, he took a wife that was not meant to be, and he didn't trust God at some times. And I believe that he realized that it was not that he was giving up his son for God, but that God gave up his son for Abraham and for all of us. So I believe this is the true, true promise of Abraham. The true promise of Abraham that he saw the day of Jesus. Some, so many of our problems that we face, sometimes, most of the time, we just need to get back to the place where we can see the true picture of Calvary. The true picture of Calvary. James chapter 2, verse 21 and 23. Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac his son up upon an altar? Seest thou how faith wrought with, us, wrought with his works? And by works was made, and faith was made perfect. And the scripture was fulfilled. The scripture back that we read all the way back in Genesis chapter 13, it was fulfilled that Abraham believed God and it was imputed unto him for righteousness. See, Abraham came to Calvary and he believed God. 
He believed that the blood of Jesus could wash away his sins. He believed that Jesus' blood would purge him from all of his sin. John chapter 3 and verse 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. My friends, we can have everlasting life when we believe in this simple, this old, old story that sometimes we forget. That sometimes we get lost in the promises of, of this world that we're living in the real world. But we need to start looking through the eyes of Calvary and all the other problems that we face. I don't know exactly how it works, but when you start looking at Calvary, your marriage problems somehow start getting better. When you start looking at Calvary, all of your family problems start just start disappearing. When you start looking at Calvary, your job situation starts to work out. I don't know how it all works, but I do know it works. That we need to come back to a place where we can see that redempting blood of Jesus on Calvary. We sing this song in church, I see a crimson stream of blood. It flows from Calvary. We're gonna, we're gonna sing that here today. And, um, I don't know where you, there's, this is a big variety of an audience here today. And I don't know where you are at spiritually or what you have need of. And I don't know, you might be facing just huge obstacles in your life, but I want to get you in touch with Calvary. See what the sacrifice that Jesus paid for you and I on Calvary. For you and I. On Calvary G. On Calvary's hill of sorrow, where sin's demands were paid, and rays of hope for tomorrow. Our 
God, we just ask you, God, that you show somebody your sacrifice tonight that you gave for us on Calvary. And thank you, Jesus, for that sacrifice, God. Oh, we thank you, Jesus. Praise the name of the Lord. In Galatians chapter 3, starting in verse 6, the Bible says, Even as Abraham believed God, and it was accounted unto him for righteousness, Know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. And the scripture foreseen that God would justify the heathen through faith, preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In thee shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. So, they, so then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. My friends, that promise that God gave to Abraham on Calvary, He's wanting to give to you today. I don't know where you're at today. I don't know what you're facing, what problems you're facing, but God's wanting to encourage you. Start looking at your problems through the lens, through the lens of Calvary. And you can, you truly too can have the promise of Abraham. You can have that promise tonight. Praise God. This is the Tell It Like It Is radio show. And this is Ben Simons. I was filling in for Pastor Bob Simons. And um, I'm going ha- to turn it over to Abe. He's going to announce some um, some of our outreach services that we have. And um, this is, like I said, this is the Tell It Like It Is radio show. Um, yeah, if you'd like to visit the New Life Pentecostal Church, you can. Um, there. Uh, I guess the church is in Dickinson, North Dakota. We have service every Sunday morning at, um, there's Sunday school at 10 o'clock a.m. That's for, uh, there's adult Bible study, um, open discussion Bible study and Sunday school for the kids at 10 o'clock a.m. And that goes to about 10.50. And then at 11 o'clock a.m., is our worship service, and you're welcome to join us. The address to the New Life Pentecostal Church is 501 Elks Drive, Dickinson, North Dakota. Uh, if you would, if you are from the beach area, there's an apostolic service in Beach every Tuesday night. Um, currently, it's at the Beach Community Center at 7:30 p.m. every Tuesday night. Um, they are working on a building next to the new uh, um, the new grocery store. There, it was the old uh, Dairy Queen, I believe. Um, but they they will, I believe, by this summer have a service on Sunday as well. And uh, this is April twenty fifth, twenty one. And so, um, pretty soon they're going to be holding Sunday service in Beach, North Dakota. But right now they just have a Tuesday night service. 7:30 p.m. Also in Bowman, North Dakota, you could visit the Cornerstone Apostolic Church. Uh, the address to that church is 18 North Main. Um, Brother Seth Springer is the pastor there, and uh, if you would like to call him, his phone number is 701-264-0770. Um, they have service. On Sunday mornings as well, um, I believe at ten o'clock, 
and then also on Thursday night in Bowman there at the Cornerstone Apostolic Church, they have service at 7.30. Also, if you're from Beulah, you could visit the Truth Community Church. The address to that church is 223rd Street Northwest. They have service Sunday at 10.30 and Wednesday at 7 o'clock. If you would like to get a hold of Pastor Simons, you can do that as well. Um, uh, His number is 701-290-7862. That's his cell phone number, so give him a call. He's the pastor of the New Life Pentecostal Church in Dickinson, North Dakota. And you are listening to the Tell It Like It Is radio broadcast. Well, thank you, Abe. That was, uh, I don't know if you caught all that. There's a lot of announcements, but we have these outreach services in Beach and Bowman and, and, and uh, of course, the Church of Beulah. And um, God is doing a work. God is doing a work in this western North Dakota region. I believe he's doing a work around the world. And um, like I said, this is the Tell It Like It Is radio show. And uh, this is Ben Simons. I'm filling in for the esteemed Pastor Bob Simons, who is... Um, I think he's even listening tonight, so he's getting a big head that I'm saying he's esteemed, I think. But, uh, no, we, I tell you what, you know, I might not be quite as eloquent as the Apostle Peter on the day of Pentecost. But when Peter was preaching on the day of Pentecost, he was preaching to a people, and he's, he was saying, you with wicked hands have crucified the Lord of glory. And that's true. We were the ones that nailed Jesus to the cross. Our sins is the one, is the reason that He went to Calvary and paid the ultimate sacrifice for us. And, uh, you know, these people, these people that Peter was preaching to in Acts chapter 2, they were so pricked in their hearts. They said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? What shall we do? You know, there is a response that um, that will happen when you hear truly hear the story the story of of the cross and what Jesus paid for you on Calvary there's a response that and whether that response is to choose to do nothing with it that is a response in itself but there is a response to do something like that to to what are you going to do with that what are you going to do with the sacrifice that Jesus did for you on Calvary I tell you what, if you have questions, if you don't know how to respond to that tonight, I encourage you to call Pastor Bob Simons. His number is 701-290-7862. He will tell you, he will tell you what you need to do to respond to the, the sacrifice that Jesus paid for you on Calvary. And this is the Tell It Like It Is show. Thank you guys so much for listening tonight. And uh, I believe Pastor Simons, Pastor Bob will be back here next Sunday. And we're just going to pray as we're dismissed. Lord Jesus, we just ask you that you, God, that you just go with this listening audience tonight. God, somehow make yourself real to each and every one of them. God, no matter what situation that they are find themselves in, but God, that you would come down and intervene in their life, God. God, show them a revelation of the sacrifice that you paid for them on Calvary. Just show them this, God, and let them see who you really are and the full promise that you have for them. In the name of Jesus, we ask that your anointing and your power just go forth. In the name of Jesus, we pray. In 
Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you folks. You have a good night. Thank you for listening to the Tell It Like It Is radio show. I can be always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website www.holyghostradio.com The preceding program was brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio.